Paul to the church in Ephesus. And we're continuing on today. Why don't we just uh, stand here? We're just going to read from the word of the Lord. Stand together here. We're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 4. And we're doing verses 17 to 32. So Ephesians 4, 17 to 32. And I'm reading from the NIV this morning. It's the word of the Lord. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its evil, deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, Each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share to those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. There is much in this passage, Lord, that we could speak on, that we could get into, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will just guide me as we walk through this this morning, Lord, that my words would be your words as we, as we look at this and we rejoice in the new life that you have given us. That this passage proclaims that you have made us new and that you are walking with us, Lord. So help us to rejoice in that, but also to look at the things that will hinder us, the things that we need to put off. Those things, Lord, we need to think about as well. And we need to remember, Lord, that you do not want us to be clothed in those things. You want us to be clothed in the things that you have given us in the new life. So thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to hear from it freely. Thank you that we are gathered here as your family. And may we leave this place with, with hearts that are open to you, that are softened to you, Father, as we continue to walk and journey as followers of you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. 
So this is totally not in my notes. I wasn't planning to do this. Those, those of you who know me know I'm, I'm an off-the-cuff guy. So last night I was able to be at Faith Baptist in Regina. I was asked to go and rap at their missions conference for a young adult segment that they were having. And so I was excited to go and I did my usual freestyle where they give me words and I put them in a rap and they did objects and I shared some songs. And so, you know, over the past little while as I've talked to people in our family here, they've been like, oh, Andrew, when are you going to rap again? When do we get to hear you rap again? You're going to rap on a Sunday, and uh, I said, "Oh, maybe, maybe sometime." But would you guys like to hear a bit of a rap this morning? Would that be all right? I'm not going to have a beat or anything. Like I said, this is this is it's not freestyle. But the reason I wanted to do this is that this song that I've written years ago called "Used to Be Me." Some of you might have heard it before in the past for me. Is about what we're talking about this morning. It ties into that. It was at a time in my life where I used to be on a record label and I was touring and I was doing shows. And I became very prideful. And things were going dark in my life. And my marriage to Sue was beginning to suffer because I would just take off and I would tour. And I was just at a place where I didn't even care about the words I was rapping anymore. I liked the lights. I liked the autographs. I liked the attention. And God got a hold of my life. I stepped away from rap for two years. And God worked in me and brought it back. And that's, you know, last night I shared my testimony with the kids. And so this song I wrote after this years of thinking about that journey and what God did. And the idea is that used to be me. I used to be that way. And I still struggle with pride, but this song is testifying to what God did in my life. So I'm going to share just the two verses with you. A cappella. Hopefully you'll be able to hear the words. Because that's the point. I want you to hear the words. Okay? You ready? Every time I sit down to jot and to write, it's an opportunity to give and let you walk through my life. Enter a dark room in my mind. I shed this light. My eyes adjust now as the truth restores your sight. Christ's love, that's why my words shine so bright. Lyrics are like psalms. I cry like David through the night. I'm a blind man, but to follow you is my plight. Chasing after your heart with all my strength and might. Blown by the winds of the world, I was tossed and misguided. See, his truth was on my lips, but... I would choose to hide it. Presenting my case, I was sinfully indicted. But Jesus covered all my crimes, now we're reunited. See, we're family now. In more than one way, I'm adopted. He's the one way more than a teacher or a prophet. So what do I profit if all I do is chase prophets? My hands out my pockets as I live and I talk it. They used to be me, thinking I was dope so fly. My pride was jacked up, my ego was so high. They used to be me, but I realized that me needs to die. Hands raised in praise, I put them high to the sky. See, his spirit's now invited as I daily walk, leading me and teaching me as I live and I talk. I'm duck and the stones and the words of those ones who mock because his hands are the ones that circle around my clock his face the one I see staring at my watch I'm staying tight with the flock we gather here at this rock open doors to the ones who patiently stand and they knock no need to scheme these dreams he knows the plot speaking of plots are you prematurely digging your graves listening to garbage every day getting drunk and getting blazed chain addicted pain inflicted see it's not just a phase he'll break you free from those chains please run to his gates That used to be me, living a lie but speaking the truth. False sermons were composed when I spit in the booth. But my old ways are gone. I've been made all new. He's my own all, so all his ways I choose. Thank you. Thank you. And so that's a testifying song. I love to sing that song because it puts me back to what God did in my life. And in this passage, that's what Paul is talking about. 
You know, the book of Ephesians is kind of like a sermon. And the idea that there is, there's an intro and there's the things that we've already gone through. And then there is a, a middle part where it's more of a, like an application part. And then there's a closing as well. And we're kind of in the point in the book of Ephesians where this is the application. You know, last week, Pastor Josh has shared a great message to us of how we are all the body. We all need to be serving. It's not just about the leaders of the church here or any church to be doing all the work. We are the body and the family and we need to do it together. And now in this passage, he's telling us how, how do we do that? What are some of the ways we can actually live out a godly life? And so the, the sermon today is called, We're Created After the Likeness of God. Isn't that an amazing thing just to think about? I mean, it's also a scary thing in some ways too. So I want to just walk through this passage today. I want to just walk through and see what is Paul telling us. There is a lot here. There is like 10 plus sermons here going on. And so we want to dig into a bit of it this morning. So this is a strange picture. You know, I'm always trying to keep up with the things that are going on in the world and social media and sermon illustrations come from that. And this is one of them. I don't know if any of you have seen this going around. This is a new viral challenge. All these challenges come, right? You got to get doing this thing and it spreads around. This started in Asia. This challenge is called the flaunt your wealth challenge. I'm not making that up. That's literally what it's called. And it started in Asia on social media there. And this is what it is. You take a picture of yourself in a fancy vehicle, falling out of it face first, covered by all the things that you think are your wealth. So in this picture, you can see there's some makeup there. There's some bags and there's all sorts of it. You can go home if you want to and Google it. Flaunt your wealth challenge and you'll see. And as I saw this and I'm thinking about this passage This tells me something about where our world is at, don't you think? The idea that they want to flaunt and show the things that they have and this lust for more. And I think there's something, if you psychoanalyze this, there's a lot to it that they're face down in it. They're surrounded in it. It's a mess around them. There's a lot of things you could break down. I actually thought about doing my own flaunt your wealth challenge where I'm falling out of my Toyota Sienna with my kids on the floor and on the ground on the Bible. and Maybe I'll still do that. I don't know. But to me, this is not wealth. To me, my my family is wealth. The word of God is wealth. You are, the community is wealth. But this is what the world is viewing and this is what the world is putting out there. And this passage at the beginning, Paul is talking about the things of the world. There's a lot of contrast here in this passage we're going to go through. You know, this morning I want to talk about the heart. I want to talk about the mind. So he says here, they are darkened in their understanding. And that in verse 17 there to begin, he says, do not live as they do. It begins. So I tell you this, and I insist on this in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. We have to remember that this is a letter. It was written by Paul to be read aloud at one sitting. We need to always remember the context of the Bible. It was written to a particular people in a particular place. And this place in Ephesus, if you look it up, there is a temple there called the Temple of Artemis or the Temple of Diana. And maybe you've heard of it. This was a vile place. It was a place of sexual immorality, of idolatry, of sacrifices to gods. There actually was a portion that I read in a commentary that said, there was a little perimeter in the temple where it was kind of like a criminal asylum where the worst of the worst criminals were allowed to be there. 
But they wouldn't do anything bad, really, because they were afraid of the wrath of Diana. And so this was the place. And so the church in Ephesus that Paul's preaching to his people, a lot of those people in that congregation, that church, probably used to live that life at the temple. Does that put a bit in context what he's talking about to them? That therefore do not live anymore like the Gentiles do. He maybe even was pointing down the road to the temple. Don't be like them anymore. Because here's what they are. And he paints this picture. As I said, we're talking about the heart. You know, there are two ways your heart can go. Your heart can be hardened or your heart can be softened. And that's what I want to talk about a bit this morning as well. And same with our mind. It says they're darkened in their understanding. And they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. That's why I want to show you that Flancho Wealth Challenge. See, they think they are enlightened. The world thinks they're enlightened. I have friends who believe to the core as much as I believe in Jesus about something called the law of attraction. You know, there's a thinking out there that if you just think it, if I think I can be a millionaire, that I am going to be it. I can envision it. I can see it. And it will be spoken into reality. That is a pile of garbage. That is not the teaching of the gospel, even though sometimes that blends into some speakers of, in churches try to blend that in. But that is not the gospel. And what he's saying is they think that they are enlightened, but their minds are actually darkened. They're separated They've lost all sensitivity. I found this really interesting. Your translation might say callous. Those of you here who maybe have been farmers or worked some hard work with your hands, your, your hands get calloused after you work. If you're shoveling for a long time, Peter, if you're shoveling a long time, helping people shovel, your hands get a little callous, right? They get hardened. And that's like the hearts that he's talking about. Their hearts have become hardened. They can't even feel I'm so thankful that I can feel the Holy Spirit as I rap and as I speak and as we gather together. But he says they can't even feel it anymore. They've lost feeling. Their minds are dark. Yet ironically, they say they're enlightened. And he is saying that we need to have, in Jesus, we have a transformation of the mind. See, Verses 20 to 24. Followers of Jesus are different because we follow him. Put off the old self and put on the new life in Christ. And that is why Carl read one of my favorite verses, what I shared last night to the youth group I was at. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old ways are gone and the new has come. Amen. That is what it's saying. These old ways, these old things that he's talking about, the darkness of your mind, the, the lying, the stealing, all those things are done. Finito. Finished. I've spoken before on 2 Corinthians 5.17 in class, and, and when I thought about it, I thought about the word renovation. If you've ever been through renovations, I think I shared this in another sermon, but you've gone through house renovations, you change a few things around. You paint something, you change furniture around, you shift things. This is not, this is not a renovation. This is a recreation. This is completely tearing the house down and building a new house. That is what Jesus has done for us because of the cross. We are brand new. 
He doesn't just come in and say, Andrew, I'm going to take this, I'm going to move this. No, gone. It's the idea of of clothes, these old clothes that we wear. The, The idea of clothes can be really, you know, prevalent here. But he says, you, however, did not know Christ that way. And other translations say, you have learned Christ. It's a really interesting phrase. And I thought, what does that mean? What it means is you, you know. You know how Jesus lived. You know the scriptures. So don't walk in that way anymore. Surely you heard and were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. And he talks about how they were taught. So here's the simple list here. It's not a simple list, but here's the list that he says here. Put off sin because of anger. And a few sermons ago when I preached, I, I spoke on anger and how it's an emotion that God has given us, but it's what we do with it, if you remember that. So he's saying, don't let your anger lead to sin. Don't let that emotion turn into an action where you're sinning. That's the old ways. Think of this as like a wardrobe shirts and pants and socks and these things and this and so don't sin because of anger the deceitful desires the things that we we try to go after and we try to chase and pursue whether that's money or whether that's moving up on the career ladder or whether that's whatever it may be and those things that that the lust and the deceitful desires of our heart like i said i want to talk about the heart you know put off the darkened mind Put off lying. You know, when I looked at this passage, there's a lot of talk about talk, about words. Words are important. I use words to write songs, and I, I know the importance of words to craft something. I can write one line of a rhyme and say, oh, that word, I don't know if that really is describing it, or maybe I should put this word in between this word. And so words are important, but many times we don't think before we speak, and then we get in trouble. And we say stuff that we shouldn't do. The book of James talks about how the tongue, there's the power of life and the power of, right. And it can be a fire that can set a whole forest on fire. All sorts of things are given throughout scripture about the power of the tongue. There's life and death. If we are followers of Jesus, we need to be very careful about what we're doing with this little thing in our mouth. Because all sorts of damage and destruction can come from it. Corrupt talk. You know, the word corrupt in this idea from the Greek um, could be uh, this, this word here. Is it find it here? Sapros. I'm probably saying that completely wrong. But sapros, which applies to rotten fruit or bad fish. It's rotten. It's, it's bad fruit. It's something that's going to go out there and cause a lot of pain. And then there's this word bitterness. And, and as I was looking at this list, it seems like bitterness can almost be put at the top because these things flow out from it, don't it? Anger can flow out from bitterness. Darkened mind, lying, these things can flow out of bitterness. Bitterness, bitterness is a heavy weight, a chain that we carry. Bitterness keeps us enslaved. Now, I was able to be part of um, Briarcrest Christian Academy's Spiritual Emphasis Week. and Ken Moser was speaking. It was fantastic, the things he was sharing. And he talked about this idea of, of the things that we put on. It's kind of like there's a car on our back and a weight of things that we carry sometimes. Anger is like that. And bitterness is like that as well. 
If you have bitterness in your life, and as, as Grace was sharing this morning, we've already talked about a bit about forgiveness. If you are bitter towards somebody who's done something to you, you are carrying chains around yourself. And Paul is saying, get rid of it. And that is hard because it's not going to be a snap of the finger and bitterness is gone. I know in my life, there's people that I can still think that I deal with bitterness. Former bosses, maybe for yourself as well. Former bosses, not here at all. Another lifetime ago, it feels like. And so this bitterness will chain us. It will enslave us. It will cause a wall between us and God and others. It is a dangerous thing. And Paul speaks clearly about it. And to me, I think it could almost be there at the head of the list. Bitterness and resentment, though, are incompatible with the Christian life. Even though it is still a process to work through. They are incompatible with how we should live. You know, so like I said, there's, there's two ways the heart can go. It can be hardened, as we've read. All those things. Greed, sensuality, deceitful desires, darkened mind. But our heart can also get soft. And so he begins to continue to go through the passage of application and, and how our heart can become more soft and the things, that we need to, the things that we need to put on. We need to put on speaking truth, people. We are followers of Jesus. We need to speak truth at all times, even when it's difficult. That's why sometimes when I'm preparing a sermon, I'm like, I don't know if I, I really want to say that because I don't know what pushback I'm going to get. But as someone who God has placed in this position, and Pastor Josh as well, that we want to speak truth because this is what the Lord asks us to do. And sometimes you might not want to hear those truths. Maybe last week you didn't want to hear some of those truths about what Pastor Josh was sharing. Maybe this morning these things are touching a nerve. But that's what we need to do. We speak truth, but we speak it in love. Honest work. You know, he gives the idea of the thief should no longer steal. He should use his hands at steal for using it for hard work. And why? What does a hard work do? It's interesting that he says that hard work will then be, will use things to make things to give to others, to those in need. That's what our hands should be used for. And I know you may be thinking, oh, Pastor Andrew, I'm not a thief. I don't, I don't steal anything. But what are the things maybe in your life that you are pursuing? The things that maybe you are using your hands for which are not godly and which may not be good. Are you working for a higher level of things? Are you chasing that money? Are you trying to get those things that maybe are opposite of what God wants in your life? It can apply to that as well. Edifying speech. I desire, we desire our body here as a family to edify, which means to build each other up, not to destroy. After the sermon, after the service, are you going home? Are you speaking at home or on your kitchen tables negatively about an interaction you had at church or at work or wherever it may be? Because if you are, that needs to stop. Because that is when bitterness will grow. That is when anger will grow. And what does the enemy want us to do? We have an enemy. Satan is our enemy, and he wants us to put on that old wardrobe every day. He wants us to go in the closet, and he wants us to be angry, and he wants us to chase the evil things of this world, and he wants our mind to be darkened. But we will not let him do that, because in Jesus, it is only in Jesus that we have this. That is a key part of this thing. Because I don't want this to be a moralistic list where I say you can't do this and don't do this and don't do that. 
It is only through Jesus clothing in this. It's only because of the cross that we can clothe ourselves in Jesus. If we try to put together things ourselves, it's like we sit down and I can't sew and I can't crochet. My amazing wife can do those things. But if I were to try to do that, it would, it, you, it would be a disaster. But if we tried to put things together and clothe ourselves with that, do you know what they're going to be? Dirty, filthy rags that fall apart. You know, I think about being new, it's like just putting on white. I just, I don't know about you, but I think of purity. Putting on Jesus. Kindness. I tell my kids all the time this morning, be kind. It's not something we should just share to kids. I'm sharing with all of us. We need to be kind to each other. Not have little subtle sarcasm, not do those things that are just not, not nice. I tell my kids, like, be kind, be nice. He's asking us to be kind compassionate you know compassion actually means to suffer with I know those words seem like they're opposing compassion and suffer but that's really what's saying you need to suffer with someone you know as I have talked to many of you about the situation I've been through recently with my birth mother and and that whole situation I felt such compassion kindness from you and I thank you for that Because you have suffered along with me. You have cried along with me. You have prayed alongside me. And that is what it means to be the body of Christ in a family. And we need to do that. Forgiveness. Like I said, there could be a whole sermon here. We need to forgive as we have been forgiven, as Carl read this morning. And I know there are people probably in your mind right now that you have unforgiveness with. You're like, I can't forgive that person. And only the Lord can help us do that. To work through that. That is a process again. I'm not saying this is easy. This passage, this list is not easy. But it is only in Jesus who helps us walk and be able to do it. Forgiveness. So this is the challenge that he is giving us this morning. And it's a lot. It is a lot in here that he is sharing with us. You know, this, this idea of talk, it's so easy to slide into something where it's gossip or where it's slandering. We just need to ask the Lord. And if you hear someone speak like that, call them on it. Once again, in love. Don't smack them upside the head and say, oh, it's, what are you doing? But in love, be like, hey, would you say that if this person was here right now? Hey, maybe we should go talk to the person that you're talking about. Maybe we should sit down with them. We need to think about how we are speaking and talking behind closed doors and at all times. So these are the lists. I see it as almost like two wardrobes. Put off that old self. It's gone. Put on these things. And remember the audience that he's talking to, what this would have meant for them. It's only in Jesus we do these things. See, if our walk is going to resemble what Scripture describes, and I'm using this from Pastor Josh, he used this as one of his end slides, but for this passage, if our walk is going to resemble what Scripture describes, then we need to put off the old self and put on the new so that others see Jesus in us. Because in this dark world, There is people around us who are looking at us. And if we are wearing the old wardrobe and blending in with them, then what impact are we going to have in their lives? We won't. But if we are living out these things that he's called us to put on, if someone sees us with the, and they feel like we should have the right to be angry in a situation, and we're not, then they'll be like, huh, 
Why aren't you angry about that? I've had people say that to me before in circumstances. And I get to share, here's why. Because anger is just like murder, as I shared in my other sermon that other time. And so we need to be shining bright in this dark place, in the vile place that Ephesus was. He was telling his people, be a light in those places. When you walk by that temple, have conversations, but do not do what they're doing. And here's one of the big reasons why we should not do what they are doing and put on the old self. And it's pretty serious. I want you guys to make sure, make sure we're hearing this clearly. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When we decide to put those things on and we are living in those things and living them out, we grieve the Holy Spirit, the gift that God has given us as a guide, as a comforter, as a counselor. This picture, the Holy Spirit just grieving over that. Please, please, please don't do that, Andrew. Don't do it. Put on this. And so this is what we need to remember as well. Every time we do that, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And God's just there holding the wardrobe and saying, put this on. This is how you need to walk. You're new, so live like it. Walk like it. A lot of this book is about the walking, walking it out. If we want to resemble that, then we need to put off the old ways. The new dress code. This is what it is. Is it the video next there, Scott? I can't see if it's... I want to show you guys a quick... They're just a standard that's above in all cases. If you electronically... Which this... I'm going to show you guys a basketball video. There's a purpose to this, okay? I love basketball. I grew up playing basketball. I was captain of my high school team, and now Elias is playing basketball, and it's, it's fantastic. I love the sport of basketball. And I love Michael Jordan, greatest, in my opinion, of all time to play the game. There he is right there. And there was another player who came along many years ago, straight out of high school. He went to the NBA. His name's Kobe Bryant. You can love him or you can hate him. I think he's fantastic. But this video is going to show something. Kobe Bryant was an amazing player. He's retired now. He just wrote a book called The Mamba Mentality. His nickname was The Black Mamba. And it's all about how he learned the game and what he did. He actually studied refs and their positioning. He read the rule book inside and out. So he knew at certain times of the game he could get away with more fouls. That, like He was a student of the game. But he also was a student of Michael Jordan. And he will say this in interviews now. I modeled my game after Mike. There was a phrase when Michael was big in the NBA. Be like Mike. Right? And so he was. So this video is going to show you. It's almost eerie. It shows back to back Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And I want to share a little bit why I'm, why I'm sharing this with you. So let's play that video here uniforms and played that at full speed you would not have been able to tell who was who this man when you think about michael jordan the closest to get to michael has been kobe bryant can we just agree that these guys are like phenomenal players and let's just move on we got to we got to do the one-on-one -on -one battle huh we got to do it
Pretty crazy, eh? Well, I thought, like, I mean, the thing, the reason why I want to show this is for a few reasons. Kobe studied Michael. He literally watched footage over and over, slow motion. Those, those clips you saw were the exact same placement on the court, the exact same moves, were they not? And the success came to Kobe just as it came to Michael. And also that he lived it out. He actually did it. He could have just read the things and watched Michael and be like, well, I'm going to do my own game. But he decided to do those things because he knew that's where success comes. You ask Michael Jordan, who can beat you, Michael? He said, there's only one guy who could probably beat me, and it's Kobe, because pretty much he's me. That's what he said. He copied my game. I don't know if he's mad about it. I think he sees it more as an honor that he decided to do that. And now you have other players in the league who are copying Kobe Bryant. So why do I share this with you? Because when you look at this passage and the things that he is sharing that we need to be like, who is it talking about? Who can it represent? Jesus. See, Jesus lived a life that was full of peace. Jesus lived a life that was full of truth. Jesus did quite a bit of forgiveness. Jesus was kind. Jesus was compassionate. So when he's given us a picture here, he is saying, be like Jesus. And that's why I wanted to show you that video. That's who we're trying to be. If there's anyone we should emulate, if there's anyone that we should try to be like, we know this is nothing new. Be like Jesus. And that is the call for us, to live as children of light, to copy our daddy. I see that in my kids, and sometimes it's frightening to copy the things I do. I know you as parents know what I'm talking about. Sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not good. Whoa, 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 do that. No, no, don't do that. But that's what it means. We are children. We need to be careful. We need to have our heart go in the direction of softening towards the Lord. Not to be like guys in the Bible. I think of heart and heart. I think of Pharaoh who lived out this whole other list. He had everything. He was not forgiving. He was an angry person. He had a hard heart. God cannot get through to him. But God can break the hard heart. And maybe this morning, even though once again we are in a place where we call it a Christian community, I know there are hardened hearts in this place this morning. Or maybe it's just getting to be a little callous where you don't have the sensitivity. Maybe some of those things on the list you've seen even in your life this week. And this morning I'm telling you, we need to put that stuff off and walk in the new. And Jesus will help us day by day. And if you are here this morning, I want to share this, and you don't know Jesus, and you don't know what that new self looks like, and you are walking in the old life, and you are living a sinful life, and you, if you are doing that, you are chained. And in Jesus' name, only by his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection, you can be free. And if that is someone here this morning who does not know Jesus, you can come to know him this morning. You can come with, talk to me after, talk to Pastor Josh and say, I need to know Jesus. I need to know this guy. I need to know I need this life because I'm living a life of death. I'm living a life of pursuit of evil things. Well, that is what we are here for is the body of Christ, to build up followers of Jesus. So please do not leave this place following the world. Leave this place following Jesus. It's for the first time or whether you're continuing to follow Jesus, that's who we are to follow. Amen.